0: life isn't about answers it's about questions
1: asking good questions is key to learning that's a proven fact and there's no more important question than
0: why jesus so get ready as we dive into the conversation together on the next episode of the why jesus podcast
1: All right, all right. What up, what up, what up, Ryan? What
0: up, man? We did it on time tonight. I know, My mine says 9.02. Oh, so. that's close enough to on time for me. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was this guy, a uh, motivational speaker that I knew. He would always tell me, John, to be on time is to be late. And no, he said, to
1: be early is to be on time, and to be on time is to be late. It's to be late, right. Yep. And well, we're, we're, we're switching it up in the YouTube world to be late is on time and to be on time is early. <laughs> <laughs> I think so
0: because, uh, it's like the more you push back starting, the more people can sign in. But then at the same time, the more you push back starting the, uh the more people sign out. So it's this, it's this, um, it's this lose-lose situation we put ourselves in as content creators.
1: It is, yep. it is.
0: But anyway, what's so, up, what's uh... up, what's up everybody in the chat, how you guys are, how are you guys doing? Where you guys tuning in from?
1: Yeah, so we were supposed to, uh... well first let me tell you this, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, There's a lot of interesting news. If you saw the thumbnail, saw the title, um, lots of stuff going on in Canada, lots of stuff going on in China we're going to talk about, and then uh, also some Mormon pirate news uh, that I know you guys are going to be looking forward to. We were supposed to be doing this uh, in person, actually. Yep. I was supposed to be with my guy john in puerto rico tonight uh but the lord had other plans i was actually sitting at the gate waiting to get onto the airplane and uh i got an email that came through that basically said uh, that going to puerto rico wasn't going to make sense for me this week and so i called united i i switched everything up but my bag is there in puerto rico i guess that's the good news (laughs) My bag might be with John. Do so... you need me to pick it up? I could go get it. Like... <laughs> Nobody knows where it is. That's the but problem. I'm like
0: I'm like twelve minutes. No, I think we're twenty minutes from the airport now.
1: Yeah. It's well, yeah. So my toothbrush is is closer to you than it is to me right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can smell it through the uh through the internet.
1: So smell a vision. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh yeah. yeah, man, it's I tell you what, bro. It's hot out here. Like I'm in the living room right now. Uh, well, technically, this is our dining room slash living room. It's one big room, as they do here in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. But um, it's so hot that I can't go. I can't go into the studio. Like I just can't do it. It's too hot. Um, that's rough, so it, man. it might be better that you know when you come in November, because that's mm-hmm. that is perfect weather. If you guys listening. I've never been to Puerto Rico in winter, like fall and winter time, it is beautiful. My brother came out last January and we went snorkeling. Like the weather is perfect. You could still go swimming and then at night, you put on a little, little hoodie, you're good to go.
1: I love Puerto Rico winters. That is pretty nice. Last time I was there was like, I wanna say July or August of last year. And the people at the hotel were, it seemed kind of dead. And I was like, I asked the people at the hotel if it's usually like that. And they said really the the summer there is like the slow season at the hotels. Yep. Because a lot of people are trying to go there in the fall and the winter. Yep, the snowbirds. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I guess we're really talking about the weather here. We are. On... We are.
0: It seems to happen <laughs> a lot. Seems to.
1: Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let me see if I can uh if I can share the First headline here. I'm always unprepared with this. Give me a second, guys. You're better at it than me. All right. Here we go. All right. No human remains found two years after claims of mass graves in Canada. After two years of horror stories about the alleged mass graves of indigenous children at residential schools across Canada, a series of recent excavations at suspected sites has turned up. No human remains. Um, So to be honest with you, John, and with the audience here, I honestly didn't know a whole lot about this story prior to seeing this. Did you already know much about this? yeah so i have a story about this story
0: um when we were going to guatemala two years ago um you know we were just at the gate except our luggage uh was with us right and we went to where our luggage was gonna be we didn't just let our luggage go without us um but we were me me and my wife were at the gate and we just met a woman from canada who was traveling solo so since we've been to Guatemala I don't know maybe like 10 times she's my wife has been like five or six we know uh at least some areas we we know what to do we know what to look for we know uh what's good what's what's not good the good food to eat we we know a whole lot so we're just offering her some travel advice because she's going by herself and she was a little nervous and I'm like look Guatemala is a beautiful place. Uh, You're going, she went to Antigua and it's a very touristy area. And, uh, you know, I'm like, you're going to be fine. You're going to have a whole lot to do. You're going to meet a a whole bunch of amazing people. The Guatemalan people are great. And I don't know how it went from that to, um, oh, probably because we spoke about the schools that we build out there and how we build them in indigenous neighborhoods, if you could call it, you know, up in the Mm -hmm. mountains. Uh, in the rural areas, so that went to her discussing how there was these mass graves of indigenous people found by um, you know what, whatever technology they were claiming found them in Canada, and there was all of these kids that were massacred by Christians. And uh, me and my wife, she don't, this lady doesn't know we're Christian. And and she just goes on rambling about this. And she was a really nice lady. So don't take me speaking about her as like, wow, she was an evil person. I just think she was misinformed on it. Um, But she went off on this tangent about the evils that these Christians have done. Mm -hmm. And look, some Christians have done some pretty evil things. But apparently, two years later, we now know this Is not one of them right yeah and it's just it's sad because churches were burned because of this Uh, monuments were torn down Uh, churches were vandalized and and people who went there were threatened and it turned into this whole instead of it being mass graves it was this mass hysteria of of just attacks on Christians and Then here we are two years later, and there's been no evidence found of these mass graves actually existing. Now, I'm not saying that they don't, because you never know. Maybe they dig somewhere else, they find something. But all I'm saying is, if we don't have all the information about something, and then we build a whole entire story around it, this nightmarish story of these evil Christians who massacred all these indigenous children, and those stories cause violent lashbacks to whether it's churches or whether it's people. I don't care what it causes. Uh, the, this lashing out towards it's it's just wrong. And it, mm-hmm. this is what happens when you don't know all the information. where people are guilty before proven innocent. And yeah. I, I'm glad one that this massacre didn't happen because any any massacres that happen are just purely evil. But I'm also glad that it hasn't happened, so we can hopefully, as a society, look at things like this and say, "All right, I'm going to wait before I jump out the window. I'm going to wait till I gather all of the information."
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't find that that's very common in our generation or in our culture. I think there is this. I can. Yeah, (laughs) I think you know there is this sort of headline culture where everybody just sort of reads the headline and whatever the headline says that's what they feel and that's what they know without spending time researching it and forming their own opinion about things Uh, i think that's all too common let's keep going here let me see if this article gives us a little bit more information it says some academics and politicians say that this is further evidence that the stories are unproven Uh, There's a name here that I'm not even going to try to pronounce, uh, but it's a group of indigenous people, also known as Pine Creek First Nation, excavated 14 sites in the basement of Our Lady of Seven Sorrows Catholic Church near the Pine Creek Residential School in Manitoba during four weeks this summer. These so-called anomalies were first detected using ground-penetrating radar. But on August 18th, Chief Derrick of remote Pine Creek Indian Reserve said no remains were found. He also referred to the effort as the initial excavation, leading some who are skeptical of the original claims to think even more are planned. I don't like to use the word hoax because it's too strong, but there are also too many falsehoods circulating about this issue with no evidence. Uh, Jacques Rouillard, a professor emeritus in the Department of History at the University of Montreal, told The Post Wednesday. So I guess they're going to continue to do more excavations, it seems like. They're not finished digging up the basement. And it also seems like it's just one church, if I'm reading this correctly. Um,
0: it's, um, I think it was a campus. It was a, a school. It okay, wasn't just- okay yeah, it wasn't just a church. It was like a boarding school kind of. um so when i when I first when that lady planted the seed in my head of uh, this mass genocide that happened uh, with these kids in Canada, i when I got back to uh, when I got back home, I started researching and looking into it. And I found uh, a couple YouTube um YouTubers who were digging into this information. And they were coming back with the same results, saying like, "No, nah, this is a lie. This is a hoax. This didn't, this didn't really happen." And that um, even inquiring about it, they were getting, uh, you know, they were getting the runaround from people when they presented this, this, uh, the information that said that this is a possible hoax. So, uh, and I don't want to say that it is a hoax. I'm not sitting up like on my high horse, like, oh, look at these people. Uh, they're wrong. We're right. this That's not what I'm trying to do here. Uh, it just goes back to what I said originally. Just make sure that you logically look at things. And even if, though, here's the thing, even if these this did happen, responding violently this long after the fact to people who were not involved in it at all is still wrong
1: yeah yeah and uh it looks like we got this is salvation here what's up matt he's saying that there was huge funding for this stuff that that hasn't shown for anything it looks like it says here in the article uh within days of the i guess that's pronounced cam loops announcement Prime Minister Justin Trudeau decreed, partly at the request of tribal leaders, that all flags on federal buildings fly at half-staff. The Canadian government and provincial authorities pledged about $320 million to fund more research. And in December pledged another $40 billion involving First Nations child welfare claim settlements that partially compensate some residential school attendees.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Can you re- repeat that last part? The forty billion—that's crazy. That's, um, like, and- that's like Ukraine money.
1: That's crazy, right? Where are they getting this forty billion dollars? So
0: they put, they paid, essentially forty billion dollars in restitution to families who were possibly, maybe descendants of yeah some of these children that have not been found.
1: It also says partially compensate some residential school attendees.
0: <laughs> I, I just want to know. Some is a relative term when speaking about the world population. Um, yeah. So how how Hold do on. you get, how do you pay $40 billion to some people? Can I be some people? Can I here, be some look. people?
1: Let's do some calculations because right here they said, An estimated 150,000 children attended the schools. Okay. You can't see the calculator on my screen. It's all right. But. We're going to trust your
0: calculations.
1: 40 billion divided by 150,000. That would equal $266 million. Oh, sorry, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't, wait a second. Two hundred and sixty six thousand dollars. I apologize. Okay. Per Two hundred sixty six thousand per person that attended the schools. However, the attendance began in the eighteen eighties and it said it says that it ran through the end of the twentieth century. So I I highly doubt the large majority of these people are alive.
0: Probably not, but they they probably track down their uh, their relatives. But if yo, if they don't find anything, and they gave all of this money, forty billion dollars of Canadian people's tax money to these families, that's crazy. Like, that's that a is lot good, of money, man. I mean, hey, hey. If I don't agree with it, but if if they were able to pull that off. Yeah, good for them. Make, make it, make it, make a movie out of it. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. it. Says also
1: that uh, Pope Francis issued a formal apology on behalf of the Catholic Church, which ran many of the residential school facilities, and asked for God's forgiveness. Interesting. Number of writers, academics, and politicians have come out cautioning against the claim that hundreds or thousands of children are buried at the school. But they have been labeled genocide deniers. That's all you have to do today is give somebody some sort of negative label, and then automatically they're crazy, right? (laughs) Colonizers. Yeah, colonizer, anti-vaxxer, genocide denier, uh, racist, whatever it may be, whatever you could call somebody. Bigot. You bigot. Yeah, bigot. That just automatically nullifies whatever they have to say, right?
0: That's like saying full (laughs) stop, you know, full stop. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, it says even though many of the skeptics did not dispute the conditions at the school were often harsh, the evidence does not support the overall gruesome narrative put forward around the world for several years, a narrative for which verifiable evidence has been scarce or non existent.
0: I'm surprised they're even uh talking about this. Usually when when something like this happens, nobody talks about it they brush it under the rug like oh didn't find the grapes yeah. next next story next what's yeah what's tr- what's true. trump doing what's trump
1: doing yeah <laughs> this is interesting it says yellowhorn who's a member of the blackfoot nation had been hired by canada's powerful truth and reconciliation commission i'm interested to know what that even is yeah we're going to um, we're going to that's
0: going to be our next thing we got
1: to look into it <laughs> the truth commission yeah, um, to search for and identify the grave sites of indigenous children at the residential schools. But he said then that many of the graves he found were from actual cemeteries and it wasn't clear how they died. So perhaps.
0: If you, if you truly do believe that this happened, right? If you're somebody who does, I I understand, diligently seeking to to rectify this. I totally understand it. If you're under the impression that this did happen and that there is evidence for it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this to light. I can I respect that. You know, I, I totally respect going after what you believe in. Um, but you know, when when you don't yield the results and it comes back empty-handed. No, you got to eat that. You you got to tell people, hey, this is what we thought. We did our investigation. We were wrong. Sorry to all of the churches that were burned down. My bad. Maybe they can um, do restitution for that, you know, $40 billion or something to all the churches that were burned down.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's not going to happen in our lifetime. Only
0: the affirming
1: ones, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's see. We got... Uh... I was able to pull up a picture here. This is a church that was burnt down. It says in Morinville, Alberta on July 1st uh, because the churches were burned down and vandalized after the uh, supposed findings. It's
0: tough, man.
1: Yeah. It is, you know, and... uh, I, I also, you know, I feel for some folks, if, if you truly believe, you know, that this happened, that there was some sort of genocide or something of that nature, and you've believed this for a couple of years, I can see how evidence pointing against that would cause some sort of emotional response where you wouldn't want to admit you're wrong, you know, because you're so emotionally tied to this belief that it just feels like, you know, you you just can't give it up like that. You know, somebody has got to do another investigation or, or whatever. So yeah,
0: they just They keep scratching the itch until it just bleeds,
1: you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Till they find like a, like a, uh, like somebody's tooth or something like that, you know, God, like, oh, yeah. here it is. I knew, I knew we found it. Can you quickly look up before we jump into our next topic that truth, uh, committee or whatever that was.
1: Yeah, let me see. That's so interesting. That is so uh, 1984. You know, at <laughs> least I know, right? Let's you ever see. watched the okay. movie 1984? No, I'm. I think I'd be a little scared too. I read. I read the book. It's a little tough to watch, but I watched yeah. it.
0: It's, it's interesting.
1: I could see it being a little bit gruesome. Let's see. Uh, hold on. Present the screen it was
0: more weird than gruesome
1: it is a weird book but it's uh
0: what's what's the guy's name who um played in silence of the lambs oh
1: is it i think he's a
0: i think he's a christian yeah anthony Hopkins. yeah yeah he was in
1: 1984
0: i'm pretty sure he was like the the bad guy
1: and he was really Uh creepy really creepy gotcha all right this is from the government of canada's website unless i'm tripping and i and i'm i don't know what i'm talking about it says government of canada yeah. <laughs> we got a dot .ca here a yeah, .gc.ca so that seems pretty legit all right somebody, so somebody it Yeah, Matt. Tell us if .dot.gc.ca means it's the government of Canada. All right. It says Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission, otherwise known as TRC, provided those directly or indirectly affected by the legacy of the Indian Residential School System with an opportunity to share their stories and experiences.
0: what what stories and experiences though
1: that's a good question like about the i guess about their time in the residential schools from what i'm gathering it, it i mean it said that these went up until the end of the 20th century so there could definitely be folks still alive that were well i don't i don't doubt that some
0: conditions were probably ridiculous you know yeah uh, I'm, I definitely don't doubt that.
1: Agreed. Let's see. Oh, man, I want to see. I, I just want to keep going down this hole. They've got an yeah, official mandate. Oh, read
0: it. <laughs> read the official
1: mandate. Okay, let's see. Hold on. There it is. Here it comes. Mandate for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission.
0: For everybody who's listening on uh, there, on on streaming services, sorry for the for the lulls and the blank white yeah. noise. <laughs> we're we're researching right
1: yeah, now. Yeah, that's a yeah. We're we're digging deep into this whole um, no pun intended. All right, I was really, mandate that was for a the whole
0: choice tr- of words. Absolutely poor choice. I was just gonna let it go, and then you you, was... you pointed it out. You pointed out that was an absolutely hard. That was the worst okay. timing, of the of the worst thing you could say considering the topic that we're that we covering co- that we are covering. I can't even talk oh, now. God. I'm so nervous to get canceled because of what you just said.
1: I, I didn't know if I should. Okay, that. My pause afterward was like, okay, do I bring attention to this or do I just let it slide? <laughs> you made it worse, Ryan. You made it worse. Read, read the thing. Read the I thing. apologize. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's it's the mandate for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. We're not going to be able says... to
0: make it through this thing now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just, just there's Kill it. Let's move on to the next okay. subject. All right. <laughs> I... I Okay, you're right. You know what? It's too late. We're too deep into this hole. We can't we can't dig ourselves out. All
0: right. Next subject. Next subject.
1: <laughs> All right. Next subject, as you guys will remember. Is uh to be something a little more light, <laughs> a little more lighthearted. Is coming up on the screen now. If you guys will remember the pirate uh, yes. bible. We spoke about this with uh, Jeremy and LT, and apparently the Bible was translated into pirate talk. Um, So not the King James Version, the pirate version. We even went through and did some impressions here for you. Really so is. we got some breaking news from Jeremy who told us that the pirate bible has some negative affiliations if you're a christian and it is tied to the mormon church and if you guys will recall what we tried to do while we were on the stream was see if we could just get a free bible because apparently if you get the pirate bible you can also get a free bible and what we were told I have not verified this by my fact checkers, um, but what we were told is that if you click the button to get a free Bible, that some Mormons will show up to your house and try to preach the Mormon gospel to you. So, off the cuff, what are your thoughts on that? I watched uh, Mike Winger cover this.
0: Um, I I watched it briefly before hopping on here. So apparently um i was doing the dishes so i was more listening than watching but he went through where um where if you go through the process it you know you got to click the terms and conditions or whatever and and in it it says that they're going to be giving your information to the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and from there you can get your bible and they'll contact you and you're you're essentially agreeing to allowing somebody from the Church of Latter-day Saints to contact you in order for you to get that Bible. So it's like a I love how it's a pirate doing pirate stuff. You know, like it's a it's a pirate book doing pirate stuff. This couldn't yeah. be this couldn't be more in alignment.
1: Yeah. Very <laughs> true. It's, it it Very would true.
0: The only thing better it would be is if they wrote it as achilles from troy you know like that's the that's the only thing that would be better
1: i did you know at first i was a little sad because you know i was on the fence i thought the bible was <laughs> funny it was maybe it's a little bit blasphemous okay sure but i thought it was a little bit funny and a little interesting the idea is funny you know? it is it is And maybe turn it to a game or something. Maybe not like make the whole Bible into pirate, but, you know, make make a game, whatever. Okay, no big deal. But then when Jeremy said that this is Mormon driven, I thought it totally made sense because Mormons love to change what the Bible actually says. I thought you were going to say they love pirates. (laughs) <laughs> like I thought you, they also uh, love pirates, <laughs> I, I guess I thought
0: you knew a whole bunch of more I gotta ask uh, I got a couple friends that are Mormon ask. Yeah. Hey
1: man, you guys like pirates? Is there something like going on there? <laughs> yeah.
0: Moroni yeah, so. is a pirate uh, Apparently Moroni's a, a pirate The angel Moroni Is that right? Yeah, he's, he's a pirate I'm making this up as I go along I don't want anyone to quote me and- Captain Moroni <laughs> Ka-
1: I could totally see it. Madey Moroni. Madey Moroni. it. Yep. Yeah, so that's uh that's what's gonna happen. You think you're just getting a fun little Bible, but uh
0: and and it just it bothers me because it's when we were going through it, and if you guys want to check that out, I believe it's episode twenty-six where we discussed it and you could hear our pirate impressions. Um, <laughs> but it bothers me because it's it's like this uh you're getting all of this attention right and then you you play the nice guy and say look we know this is not the best thing to be doing we did it for fun this is the reasons why we're doing it it's a fun way to get the gospel and to get people to engage and we'll make sure to give you a real translation even if you purchase this pirate one. So yeah, you know, this is just fun, but don't worry. You're going to get a real a real Bible when you purchase this. So essentially, you're getting two Bibles for one. So when you hear that, it's like, yeah, I disagree with these guys, but at least they're giving somebody a real Bible, and mm-hmm. and maybe that's a good thing. Well, it's definitely a good thing to give somebody a Bible, but maybe what they're doing is well-intentioned, and, you know, I don't want to judge somebody off of you know me just not understanding fully what it is they're trying to do because people do that to me people do that to you we know what it's like when Mm -hmm. you know we make some content and our excuse me our brothers and sisters in christ are like you're working with the devil you know Mm -hmm. so we know what that feels like but then to hear that it's a trojan horse it is for mormonism i'm just like (laughs) oh man like if you were if you were my friend and yeah. I heard that you were doing this. And then, you know, I'm like, look, I disagree with you. But, you know, I support you. Go do it, brother in Christ. And then I find out you're slipping in Mormon stuff. I'm going to be so <laughs> mad at you. I'm going to be so mad at you.
1: Yeah. It's a double whammy, bro. They they say, okay, yes, it's a fake Bible. And then they say, we're going to give you a real Bible. And that one's fake, too. <laughs> but I mean, I
0: mean like, no, then they're going to hit you with the plus the Book of Mormon. Like, you, you just, you get that. So, look, it's it's actually three for one. Oh, my gosh, look how Dude. amazing we are. Dude. Uh, When's the last time a Mormon knocked on your door? Uh, I don't think Mormons exist in Puerto Rico. Is that right? Yeah. There's uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Actually, you just reminded me. Um, some knocked on the door when I wasn't home, and my wife asked if they would be willing to uh, sit down with me to, to have a discussion, but that was before we left and we were gone for two months. So I have to have her reach back out to, um, to set that up. Gotcha. I, I don't uh, mind having the conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I saw, I mean, I haven't had them knock on my door in probably years, but uh, I saw them at Target pulling up in a car and I was like, hold on, fellas. This is not the vehicle of choice. <laughs> I don't think you should be pulling up in a car to target. You need to pull up in a a pirate ship now. <laughs> pirate ship. Oh, well, I was thinking bike, but yeah, now <laughs> now it's starting to make sense. They need to be on the ship. You know, some people have like
0: uh have a have baskets on their bike, or they got like a little flag. They need the skull and crossbone flag <laughs> on the back of their bike. <laughs> it's all
1: making sense, bro. It's all making yep. sense. It's
0: all it's coming, coming together. together. Coming together. <laughs>
1: The Moroni reveal. Um, so the Mormons, they tricked you into thinking you're getting a real Bible. They give you a second fake Bible. Let's move into our third story for the night. It's back to being a little bit more serious, I guess. Um, says are there more christians than communists in china so obviously if you guys uh are living a bit under a rock you know that uh you or you wouldn't know that uh you cannot be just an outright christian in china and so there's a giant underground church which for many years probably decades at this point has been considered to be one of the most thriving churches in the entire world um so we found this article on premierchristianity.com and uh, I think it's it's sort of an analysis of the official state numbers of how many Christians there are because if it's... If this is something else that you should... You, it's sort of a prerequisite to know before going into this article is that uh, if if there's numbers coming from the Chinese government, you know you kind of got to take that with a grain of salt yeah. on, on whether or not they the numbers are actually legit on, on pretty much anything really. Um, with the say... grain
0: of salt that was imported on a Mormon pirate ship.
1: <laughs> but I would say uh, specifically when it's numbers that would make, uh, them look bad, they're, they're seriously going to start downplaying those numbers. Yeah. And, uh, So that's what this is. So let's get into it a little bit. It says a new paper by the respected Pew Research Center says only one in 10 Chinese adults now formally identifies with any religion. Could this signify that the phenomenal growth of Christianity in China is finally petering out? A decline in church growth is exactly what China is hoping for. Since the beginning of September, new measures have come into play, cracking down on religious activities by Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, and others, and preventing the display of religious symbols outdoors. They're the latest in a long-running program by the Chinese government of so-called sinicization, uh, making China more outwardly Chinese. It's making me think- Wait, uh, What does
0: that even mean, making China more outwardly Chinese? What does that mean?
1: That's an excellent question. Excellent question.
0: Making America it does more sort of, outwardly American.
1: Yeah, which is, you know, it could be defined so many different ways, and that's, I think that's sort of one of the problems here is that the government is is mandating what being Chinese is, and if you don't fit into that mold- then they're gonna change you. They're not going to change the, you know the culture of China. They're changing you into what they say the culture of China is,
0: yeah. I don't know about all that. I just uh, recently watched a documentary on Mao and his rise to power and the Great Leap Forward and how um, he was trying to emulate the the Stalinistic version of. Communism, and he believed that uh, that that worldview was the best for for everybody, right? But then, come to find out, he takes away all the land from all of these farmers, makes them live in communes, so now they they share the land. Um, and then he was all about perception, right? So he wanted the world to perceive China as this like monster and and and, you know, at the forefront of innovation and and steel production and stuff. So he essentially starved forty five million people to death Amazing. in overworking them, underpaying them, like not paying them at all, essentially, right? And he did this under the guise of, you know, we're going to suffer for a few years so that way we can enjoy it for the rest of our lives under. Mm-hmm telling this to um, to the, the people of China to convince them to just give up everything, give let the state own everything and just work around the clock 24/7, get your food rationed out. Then they started doing systems of um, you know depending on how hard you worked or how many hours you worked would determine how much food you got. So if you were sick or pregnant, you didn't get any food because you didn't work. Crazy. So yeah, it was nuts, and and he's even quoted as saying, uh, when he when he knew about the starvation, he was saying that uh, you know, it's better that all of these people starve in the rural areas, so that way us in the city can thrive, you know. And when, when I heard him saying that, I and this might stray us off topic, so feel free to bring me back in. Um, I, I, I think about the political environment in the United States and how. A lot of people in the city want to you know lean more communistic and socialistic in their worldview and when i heard him say that and and say it's all right if the people in the rural areas starve for us in the city it, it made me think i could see how that mentality could play out because yeah. think about people who want to get rid of the electoral college just because the the popular vote you know comes from the cities and mm-hmm. it, re- it really does i had this discussion with a family member who believes that we shouldn't have the electoral college i'm like bro if we didn't have the electoral college the united states would be the united states of california yeah you know it would yeah. be an absolute disaster but anyway to to bring that full circle back into you know what where it is now that's kind of where communist china started and one right. of the the core tenets of communism is no religion the state mm-hmm. above everything you can't have people worshiping something more than the state because the state comes first mm-hmm. and so i find it very hard to believe if they were lying about how much steel they were producing back in the day if they were lying about how much grain they were producing and lying about how many people were starving to death and they're lying about all this stuff i have no doubt that the one in ten being uh you know Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? One in 10 people in China identifying as anything spiritual. I highly doubt that because ingrained in Chinese culture is tradition. Yeah. So there is, you know, the underlying worldview of Buddhism and and these religions that go all the way back.
1: You think people are just giving that up because the state wants you to? I doubt it. Right. And, you know... (laughs) Just looking from the outside is that's one of the first thing people think of when they think of China is the, the Eastern religions and the temples and the statues and things of that nature. That is like classically Chinese yep. in, in the worldview of everybody else in the world. Um, but, you know, you were right about what you were saying about some of the beginnings of communism and things like that. I was actually listening to Karl Marx's book. Uh, on audio a few days ago and uh, you know I I was able to get through it but it was frustrating to listen to because a lot of the the arguments that he puts forth are really emotionally driven arguments that are I think that are really just there to cause the reader to feel as if they want to Hold this world, this this economic worldview that the author is putting forth, uh, because it makes them feel as if they're oppressed by um, some some group of people that is at the top, and th- that they're just not getting their cut, and that the capitalist machine is just this machine that's created to just destroy the working class, um, and you know as i was going through chapter by chapter listening to this i could think of like 10 responses off the top of my head to to the claims he was making about you know economic systems and how business works in general and and how wages work for workers but that's because i'm coming at it from i think the opposing side and i'm thinking about the arguments logically whereas if uh, somebody who's just reading this for the first time or somebody who d- doesn't have really a deep understanding of how business works and how uh, wealth works in general, they're going to be like, you know what? Yeah, I should be richer because I spent all this time working at my job and and I need to have a bigger cut. And so it just moves you emotionally into this state where you feel as if you're owed all of this stuff from the government and and the people on top and things of that nature and so i think that the chinese government for so long has been doing such a good job of just pushing the population into what they want them to do and maybe in the beginning it was with these emotional type of arguments that maybe truly did persuade a large part of the population but i think the consequence of stepping into it in that beginning is that you really can't get out of it without some sort of revolution where you're taking yeah. down the government. And so it's I think it's important there at the very beginning to just not step into it. And unfortunately it does seem like uh, a lot of the countries in the western world are we're just like teetering right there on the on the welcome mat and uh, you know we'll see what happens. Whatever happens I think God is in control, and we and we shouldn't be putting our hope and and uh aspirations in in the government anyway. I think that should be placed in jesus um and then also what what is truly happening in China is you see that a lot of times when the church is persecuted, that's when it grows and thrives the most anyway yep that's very true nope. let me uh keep going a little bit more here uh, in the article just so we can get a little bit more detail says that uh in practice this has meant demolishing state sanctioned churches considered too big for their boots and tearing down more than 1500 crosses in one of the chinese provinces alone and surveillance of christians has increased dramatically China has banned any kind of religious presence on the Internet without a license, an official license, which includes videos of sermons, and pastors who take up tithes and offerings are being charged with fraud. Wow. The net result will inevitably drive Christians who seek freedom of worship into the hidden illegal underground churches, and there is no effective way the state can measure those numbers a little bit about what we were saying earlier you know what i official i'm sorry go ahead
0: Uh, you know what i think is also interesting too bringing it back to the pirate bible thing right um here we have this pirate bible that smuggles in the mormon bible and we can just play around with this stuff and and just yeah let me create this this pirate bible and then i'll give you the king james and then we'll also give you the the book of mormon and the like, this is how free religion is where yeah. where we are, that we can do this. Mm-hmm. And here we have these people in China that, you know, they, they can't even get their hands on, on one of these. And here I am buying all these different translations and study Bibles, and, and it's interesting because no matter how much study Bibling I do, they're the ones that memorize the scripture,
1: not me. Yeah, yeah, very true. They- The persecution definitely causes folks to treasure it significantly more than, and, and we can easily take it for granted because it's just, you know, it's no big deal. It's, it's part of our life.
0: Yeah. Like I'm doing a, uh, once I'm closer to the end of, of finishing writing, I'm gonna do just a basic Bible study for people who are like me, who didn't grow up in the church and they don't even know where to start in the Bible, how to read it, um, they don't know the difference between the old, the new Testament prescriptive and descriptive passages. Like they just don't know this stuff. Cause I didn't know this stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm putting this together. I got 50 something people that reached out that want to be a part of it. And never once in my mind, am I like worried about if they're going to be able to get their hands on the study Bible that I'm going to mm-hmm. um, refer them to. Yeah, You know, like I'm just, just not. So right, it to, To hear this whole, like, yeah, 1 in 10, and then to know better and know what they're going through in the underground church, it's just we do have to appreciate our freedom in in being able to do so, but also I think we sometimes need a slap in the face of reality with, like, hey, we think we are the best Christians because we know the most theology and we can argue about calvinism and armenianism and all of this stuff but they're the ones that are memori- memorizing the bible because they don't know how long they'll be able to have it for
1: mm-hmm. very true and they're the ones who aren't folding because they're being persecuted you know they're still loving the lord they're still pursuing the lord and pursuing relationship with each other no matter what right they're beautiful people amazing people All right. So it says the official estimate of the number of Christians in China is between 2 and 3%. Now keep in mind, this is the official estimate. So this is what's coming from the Chinese government. According to Pew, some media reports and academic papers have suggested the Christian share may be larger, with estimates as high as 7%, which is around 100 million people, up to 9%, which is around 130 million people um 7 to 9% of the total population including children yes few acknowledges underground christians may be reluctant to reveal their identity likewise members of the chinese communist party who are prohibited from holding a religious affiliation might not disclose that <laughs> can you imagine trying might, to be a christian and being might a not
0: might yeah. <laughs> not disclose that yeah. <laughs> okay buddy
1: that's wild um The official numbers of Protestant churches apparently have plateaued at around 60,000. Hardly surprising when churches are being pulled down and stripped of religious symbols and uh, their ministers are appointed by the state. Uh, I didn't realize that. And required to pledge their allegiance to the officially atheist Communist Party. (laughs) That's
0: crazy. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you have a minister... Dude. That is assigned by the state, who has to pledge allegiance to the Communist Party of China.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And then supposedly tell people about God.
0: Man, I'm I'm so grateful we don't we don't have that pressure on us. You know, we when when we uh, speak out about our Christian beliefs, or we tell somebody we're a Christian. The, for the most part, the worst thing that's going to happen is uh, we are socially looked down upon, you know, like we lose our, a little bit of our social esteem when mm-hmm. we come out as Christian. Um, that's that's not how it is in the rest of the world. The rest yeah. of the world, you come out as Christian, that could be your last day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. It says, uh, okay, so this is really the uh, this is really the main point here. It looks like it says there's there's a stark contrast to official Chinese government figures, which say the number of Protestants in China grew from seven hundred thousand back in nineteen forty nine up to thirty eight million in twenty eighteen. So the Chinese government says that there's thirty eight million. However, right before that. Um, a U.S.-based uh, research center says that they estimate it's probably around 109 million uh, Protestant Christians, so that's not including Catholics or, or, or Mormons or pirates or anything like that. Uh, that's just Protestant Christians. And so I think the, the, the main point here is uh, they're saying it would also make an embarrassing contract Contrast with the membership of the Communist Party in China, which is estimated at 98 million in 2020. So essentially, this article is claiming that there's more Christians than communists in China. It's just, I suppose, that the communists have so much more control and power than the Christians that you would never know. I would say
0: that the majority of people. In communist, oh, I think I froze.
1: Did you? Yep. yep. Am I froze?
0: No, it's just me. It's this, oh. my, my.
1: I can hear you, but yeah, you no, are. No, just oh, fixed. there we go. There we go.
0: Yeah. I don't know why it does that sometimes. <laughs> but um, the uh, I, I would say that for the most part, in communist countries, the majority of the population are not communists.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because how could you be? Living in those type of conditions. Yeah. And it's not like you can vote your way out of it.
1: Right. It's true. The people in power are communist. And like like I was saying earlier, I think maybe in the beginning, maybe a large portion of the population believed that maybe communism was something that would be good for them in the future. But yeah, then then a generation or two later everyone realized that this ain't for me. <laughs> it just never works out. It just it yeah. never does. I just don't mm-hmm. get it. I don't get it. You see that? You know what? That was a big uh, back in the midterm elections that we saw that Miami was so big for Republicans, and it's because all of the Cubans that moved up to Miami were like all. It was the only city in the entire country that voted Republican It's because it's the majority of the population is Cuban, and they're like we just left to not be in that anymore and so they were like not standing for it
0: yeah i um i have never met one cuban that was like oh yeah communism's dope yeah. all <laughs> um, my wife went to cuba i think twice and mm-hmm. when she spoke to people out there she met people who did say that they enjoyed communism and that they like it and it's like they're saying that in a store that has like one pack of rice yeah and you know that they're saying it because if they say anything uh to the contrary of that they could be put in jail
1: right it's crazy man
0: and this what this is what people want
1: yeah hey you know well I think one of the issues is that like we were mentioning a little bit earlier people just don't look into stuff enough you know people don't spend the time to actually research what they're saying they believe they just see that somebody else is saying it, and it feels good to them and so they just jump right on it too and say that they believe it as well
0: yeah i i think uh might have been socrates or plato or one of them they said um a democracy is only as moral or as good as it as the people in it right I would say the same thing with communism or with anything, uh, because even if, let's say me and you, we were radical communists and we were doing it because we felt that you know, there was too many poor people and we needed to redist- re- redistribute the wealth and make sure that everyone's got an even playing field, we could do this under the impression that we're doing the right thing for everybody. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that it's not about us and our intentions. It's about the other people who get in power and their intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you could be the best person, best well-intended person out there and, and get control of the country and be like, wow, we're really going to fix things. But then you got a hundred people who just followed you on the journey so they could take advantage of it when, when they got there. And that's the problem, is that even if you could build a a decent case for communism, it's just, practically speaking, our human nature will ruin it. We even ruin good things. We ruin the United States that has all these checks and balances. If it wasn't for these checks and balances that we have in the United States, we would have been turned into a, a, a... had been had a tyrannical government. It would, have, mm-hmm. it would have happened a long time ago. So even in a country that has all these checks and balances, you still see corruption. When there is no checks and balances, corruption runs rampant and it just happens over and over and over. And I don't know how many times we have to see it before we're like, yeah, let's never try that again.
1: Yeah, you get Cuba, you get Venezuela, you get North Korea, you get uh, the old Soviet Union, you get uh north vietnam you get all these places where you can just see it and you can just see it fail in real time it's wild to me that uh you know if maybe if there was a couple good examples of where communism worked i guess some folks would say china right now although i think that's coming to an end at some point
0: but also china has incorporated some free trade you know yeah. it's not like they are the Communist Party of China that has the control, but they've also opened up free trade. They've also opened up certain. Uh, if I remember correctly, um, some of the the farmers got to you know have some private land, and and it it's not. And this is not me bigging up China at all, you know. <clears throat> but um, the reason that it, it's holding some economic power is because there's still some free trade in there right and they do business with other countries and so on and so forth
1: mhm yeah i'll tell you what though they they're still on their people bro did you see that article like i think it was probably 6 7 months ago it came out that right here um in brooklyn that they found like chinese plants inside the police department that were here just to police people that were like visiting and staying for a while from China and they were like straight up employed by the NYPD with uniforms and they were but they didn't like spend any time uh, actually policing the streets they just spent all their time policing you know Chinese folks that were just trying to live their lives over here (laughs) what Bro, they keep tabs on them, bro. They keep well, that's the Is Yeah, there's
0: only a certain amount of money that you can take out of the country with you. Um, yeah. There's like, there's a lot of rich people in China, mm-hmm. but there's only a certain amount of money you can take out of China because they want to keep the money in China. Right. So there are people who are, are wealthy, but you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything. You're, yeah. you're stuck. If you leave, you only have this limited amount of, of money. And then, of course, they're keeping tabs on you. It's so crazy, yeah. especially because they don't want you taking your money out of that country.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they I mean, they, they have to do that because they they're doing they're doing all these initiatives to uh, they're actually they're actually purposely devaluing their money right now. But anyways, this is the I, I feel like we're kind of getting into a uh, a tangent here just Yeah, yeah. let's bring it back.
0: So, the what do Chinese you, government <laughs> So, let's bring this back to to a Jesus topic, right? Let's do it. What do you say when somebody says Jesus is a socialist or a communist?
1: You know, I think that this is one of the people who haven't spent much time going deeper into that viewpoint. And we actually had a stream with uh, Virgil Walker and John Root, who I know you you've done a couple things with and uh honest youth pastor a few months back. I remember where that. where we were answering whether or not a Christian could vote a Democrat. And I don't want to get too too crazy into that here because I know we have a lot of different kinds of folks watching, but basically, a lot of what we're talking about is how some of these folks just haven't gone deep enough and researched enough into the view itself to understand that that's probably not the most loving thing. It's probably not the most generous thing. And it's, it's kind of as simple as going back to the giving a man a fish versus teaching a man to fish analogy that, Some of these ideals, while, you know, they may seem nice and they may seem and appear loving, a lot of it ends up with just giving the man a fish and the man depending on you giving him the fish for his entire life and the man never, ever actually being able to lift himself out of being given a fish all the time. Whereas the other viewpoint I find, and I think a lot of folks find is more loving because when you're teaching him to fish, you're empowering him to lift himself out of his situation, to not depend on other people, which for for lots of men is humiliating and to and to be proud of themselves and to and to have ambition and have hope. I think a lot of folks would find that truly loving and find that truly, generous and you're actually caring for the person much more than just saying yeah here's five bucks you know go buy yourself a sandwich in that case you're taking care of them for a couple hours whereas if you say hey let me teach you how to use excel so you can get a job and so you can support yourself for the entirety of your life i would find that to be the more loving view but you know the 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 church answer of course you know to to give you another angle here is obviously Jesus is not politically affiliated to anybody. It's more so the the ideals that you have to dive. I, I'm not going to go down into the whole analogy again. We're not going to dig any holes here. <laughs> but you really have to get into the, the meat and potatoes. Let's do that. You have to get into the meat and potatoes of what the view actually is to determine whether that view lines up with the values laid out in the Bible or not.
0: Yeah, there was uh that was really good. There was something that I heard, um, that said, Jesus can't be a socialist because he obeyed the law and, you know, in the law is, uh, thou shall not steal, right? And if <laughs> nice. thou shall not steal <laughs> is in the law, who would you be stealing from? Yeah if everybody is just sharing everything no somebody has to own something for you to steal it from them so that means that jesus believed in private property so he, he just straight off the bat he can't be a socialist because how how is stealing right mm-hmm. um you would have to own this thing for me to steal it from you and Communism, at its core, is you own nothing. The state owns mm-hmm. everything. Is he saying steal from the state? You know, that's a yeah. that's a different argument. But then it goes, render to Caesar what is Caesar's. You know, it's a
1: yeah. A... I mean, also, the socialism. You know, after I after I, oh, more so communism, but also socialism. They're they're sort of in the same realm.
0: It's a it's a step, like
1: one yeah, is a step to the other, exactly. I, I would say after listening to the Karl Marx book that it is like 95% based on covetousness on saying that you have something that I want and I don't have it. So I take it from you. And that is not something that I think Jesus would be uh, into.
0: Right. So that goes that goes even further. Right. Yeah. Um. Sure. That goes from not stealing to not coveting. Yep. So I bet you we could keep going down the list. We probably could. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we could probably hit all ten if we
0: wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. If we if we just kept digging oh. more meat and potatoes. Okay, right? okay, okay. Digging digging the potatoes out of <laughs> out of the meat. I don't I what does that even mean? Get down to the the meat and potatoes. What does that mean? I Let's mean, look that up right now and then we'll close digging, this out.
1: You're digging into uh well potatoes grow in the ground, obviously. Yes, but where's the meat? Well the meat it's it's born onto the ground when it's first born. It's on the ground, so you gotta dig and and get the right, meat I'm potatoes. Looking okay. I'm
0: looking this up. I'm looking this up. Meat and potatoes American English form means means English informal the most important or basic parts of a discussion yeah but where did that come from
1: it's because you you're getting right to the meat and potatoes bro
0: I need to get to the meat and potatoes of, of <laughs> the
1: meat and potatoes you're not I doing the to. salad you're not doing the you know the hors d'oeuvres you're doing the meat uh, potatoes I guess
0: okay now nah, it's making sense now it's making yeah. sense it's all coming it's all coming back so I don't know why I, I, the word down is what was bothering me getting down to the meat yeah. and potatoes. But I guess if you're, if you have all of this and then you're getting down to the meat mm-hmm. and potatoes, now I get it. Now I get it. The appetizers
1: uh, start at the top. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. there's salads. You got to get down to the meat and potatoes.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then don't dig, don't dig past that.
1: Cause there's dessert after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Ryan, I've enjoyed my time with you, not in Puerto Rico and your luggage being in Puerto Rico. Um, Got people in the chat. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Uh, Ryan, any last words?
1: No, man. Uh, It was uh, was great catching up virtually. Like you said yourself, Uh, maybe if you could send me my bag, I would appreciate that. Make sure if you guys didn't already subscribe to why Jesus network do that. We're growing quick. It's been a lot of fun to, uh, to do these podcasts together, definitely. I'll send you back
0: back with uh, the Book of Mormon and some meat <laughs> and potatoes.
1: Beautiful. That's all I want. And
0: and uh, a, a letter from AOC.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, perfect. It I would love that. It won't be specifically by her. Like I'm gonna write it and sign it, but
1: and it's just gonna say AOC.
0: Yeah, but you can pretend. Okay. Okay.
1: Sounds good. All right. I appreciate it, Brown. All right, comrade. See you later. <laughs>